0: Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Crime Candy. I'm here with my lovable co-host, Sergeant Pepper, and let's talk about a family annihilator, Robert William Fisher robert fisher was born in brooklyn new york in 1961 to william fisher banker and jan howell robert has two sisters and he attended saharu high school in tucson arizona robert's parents divorced in 1976 when he was only 15. the divorce was complicated according to friends and relatives leaving a long-lasting effect on robert who still talks about the split co-workers at the Mayo Clinic Hospital. Robert confided to one associate that his life could have been different if his mother hadn't left the family. Robert Fisher, a Navy veteran, married Mary Cooper in 1987. Fisher worked as a surgical catheter technician, respiratory therapist, and firefighter. Robert was described as a cruel, distant control freak of a father who was awkward with his children but tried to hold on to an image as a devoted family man. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Fisher. So, sorry, let me scratch that. He's, I'm just going to call him Robert. <clears throat> um, Robert and his wife fought about sex and money, with Mary taking a job that she told friends was a security fund. Robert once turned a garden hose on Mary after perceiving her to have spoken at his herd. He was embarrassed that his son Bobby did not like to hunt or fish, and once tried to teach him and his daughter Brittany how to swim by throwing them off a boat. Hunting partner Sandy Gillespie said they were crying and Brittany was screaming, and he pulled them back in the boat. and He said, "Now there, how's that?" This Robert would not allow the wells in the house to be paid anything other than whites, and only a small number of pitchers. Were loud on the wall. Several times, his mother had made special things like quilts. Mary's friend Kimberly Sue Davidson told police she was not allowed to hang them up. She had to store them in the closet, and then he would continually tell her, "Isn't it time you got rid of this stuff?" Robert, nonetheless, tried to hold on to an image as a devoted family man. Mary's mother, Ginny Cooper, told investigators Robert didn't often socialize with family because of the fear of getting too close to people and losing them. Robert's mother, Jan, told the investigator that she had been a yes-sir wife who did not stand up to Robert's father. She added that she saw similar dynamics early in Robert's marriage to Mary that she had spoken to her about her concerns. A close friend of Robert stated that his family bore a striking resemblance to his childhood, which, in my opinion is incredibly frightening. Robert had been announced to as been an F hunter since he was a young adult. Friends noticed him ex- exhibiting disturbing behavior on hunting trips and other outdoor activities. After killing an elk, Robert began smearing his blood on his face in one case. At least, on at least one occasion, Robert sneaked up behind a picnicking family and emptied his gun into the air. Several years before his wife and children died, Robert shot a stray pit bull. He claimed he shot it because it attacked his Labrador, but police maintained that he orchestrated the encounter because he wanted to shoot the dog. If it wasn't noticeable at first, there were major major troubles. Robert had been an active member of the Scottsdale Baptist Church Men's Ministry, but unlike Mary, he had begun to withdraw from his church's activities a few months before the murders. In 1998, the Fishers went to their church's senior pastor for marital counseling. Robert told co-workers about a one-night affair with a prostitute he met in a massage parlor. He feared that his wife would find out it was the cause of a urinary tract infection that left him ill for several days in December 2000. They did not have a happy marriage, said Wade Reynoldscock, a former neighbor. They screamed constantly. Everybody heard it. You could hear it in the house next door. And you never really heard him scream, which is weird. You had a way about him, but you, but you would never hear him scream. You always heard, heard his wife screaming, things like, "'You're worthless! I could have done better than you! We should get a divorce!' Robert told a hunting mate that he was renewing his commitment to his faith in marriage because he could not live without his family, possibly hinting that he would consider suicide over divorce. According to psychologists, an intense fear of loss is not unusual for an individual traumatized by divorce while in adolescence. In the weeks before her death, Mary Fisher told several friends that she would divorce her husband. According to a neighbor of Robert's family, the couple had a loud argument on April 9th at 10.30 p.m., approximately 10 hours before the house blew up in explosion. Police theorize that the murders took place between 9.30 p.m. and 10.15 p.m. At 10.43 p.m., Robert was spotted on an ATM camera where he withdrew $280 and Mary's Toyota 4Runner was in the background. It is possible that Larry, that later the Robert later returned to the house to commit the murders, but police believe that he had already taken. They had already taken place by then because he was using Mary's car. Mm. Mary Fisher was shot in the back of the head, and Brittany and Bobby's throats were slashed from ear to ear. At eight forty-two a.m the house exploded. Firefighters were immediately alerted to the explosion, which was strong enough to collapse the front brick wall and rattle the frames of the neighboring houses for one and a half mile in all directions. Before firefighters arrived, neighbors used guarded hoses to keep the flames under control. Firefighters kept the 20-foot-high blaze from spreading to other houses, a series of more minor secondary explosions, believed to be caused by either rifle ammunition or or paint cans, forced them to keep their distance. One firefighter suffered minor injuries to his leg when he lost his balance and fell near the blaze. The gas line from the back of the house's furnace had been pulled. The accumulating gas was later ignited by a candle that Robert had allegedly lit, waiting for the gas to accumulate and descend to the flame hours after being burned. This delayed fuse would have have given him an approximate 10-hour head to start in his successful attempt to evade law enforcement. The decision to have the house explode is believed to have been an attempt by Robert to conceal evidence of his crimes and possibly cause police to think that he had died. The burned bodies of a woman and two children were found lying in bed in the burned-out remains. They were identified as Mary, 38, Brittany, aged 12, and Bobby, aged 10. Investigators theorized that Robert murdered his own family because he felt threatened by Mary's intentions to divorce him and did not want Brittany or Bobby to go through what he did as a pop- child. Robert, who disappeared at the time of the murders, was named an official, and to date the only person of interest, in the case on April Fourteenth, two 2001, when Arizona Department of Public Safety Officers was instructed in a statewide bulletin to arrest him. On April twentieth, the last physical evidence of his whereabouts surfaced when police found Mary's Toyota forerunner in Tonto National Forest near the towns of Young and Payson, Arizona, a hundred miles north of Scottsdale. The family dog Blue was found inside the car and had been taken to a shelter beneath the vehicle, and was in hungry and agitated states. An Oakland Raider's hat, identical to Robert's, was seen, where, was seen being worn in the ATM footage inside the car. A pile of human excrement was found near the passenger door. Although police searched the area immediately where the vehicle was discovered, they only searched one out of a dozens of nearby caves. Some of these caves form a complex underground network extending for miles beneath the surface. Several professional cavers have suggested that Robert used them as a hiding place before escaping, killing himself, or dying from low oxygen levels. Experienced cavers have visited these caves many times since the murders, but no sign of Robert has ever emerged. The Toyota was discovered less than a mile from the Fort Apache Indian Reservation, an area which police never searched. Police followed the set of footprints that led onto the reservation but uncovered no sign of Robert. A couple reported seeing a man resembling Robert walking along the nearby Young Road several days before discovering the car. When the woman saw him, she said to her husband, That looks like Robert Fisher. However, they waited until after the vehicle was found to board the tip. Lori Greenbeck, an acquaintance of the Fisher family, said that her husband had gone camping with Robert in the area where the truck was found, shortly before April 10th. She said that her husband believed that Robert was scouting the area. According to Lori, Robert was very familiar with the region. On July 19th, a state arrest warrant was issued in Phoenix, charging Robert with three counts of first-degree murder and one count of arson. Subsequently, he was declared a fugitive. The United States District Court issued a federal arrest warrant for the District of Arizona, charging him with unlawful flight to avoid persecution. On June 19, 2002, Robert was named by the FBI as the 475th fugitive to be placed on its 10 most wanted list. He was also on America's most wanted dirty dozen, the list of most notorious fugitives and was profiled on the hunt with John Walsh. The FBI offers a reward of up to $100,000 for information leading to Robert's capture. By April 2003, the FBI had received hundreds and hundreds of leads. However, all reported sightings of Robert have either been inconclusive or false. In the years immediately following Robert's disappearance, some people living in his old neighborhood reported seeing a man resembling Robert driving in the area. In February 2004, an individual with a striking physical resemblance to Robert was arrested by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Vancouver, Canada. The man had a missing tooth and Robert had a gold bicuspid and a surgical scar on his back. As he had. However... His fingerprints did not match. Responding to speculation that Robert had altered his fingerprints, Scottsdale Detective John Kirkham said there was no scarring on them to suggest this. The man's identity was never released. The FBI alerted local law enforcement in 2012 that Robert may have been living in the Payson area in Gillette County, Arizona. In October 2014, the police raided a house in Commerce City, Colorado. After receiving a tip that Robert was hiding there, despite arresting two occupants, they did not find any sign of Robert. In April 2016, FBI officials on Scottsdale Police displayed new age-enhanced photos of Robert during a news conference on the 15th anniversary of the murders. On November 3, 2021, Robert was removed from the FBI's 10 most wanted list. He was replaced by Yulon Adene Archarkreisis. Arch- Arch- K- sorry if I mispronounced that. The lead leader of MS13 Honduras and the 526th edition to the top 10 list. Because the extensive publicity of Robert's case received during nearly his 20 years on the list, he has has not resulted in his successful location or capture. The case no no longer fulfills that requirement. Despite his removal from the top 10 list, he remains a wanted fugitive to this day. So there are uh, three theories and speculations about him going on right now. Theory 1. Due in part to factors such as the length of time that has gone by since his disappearance and the small amount of money that Robert is believed to have had with him. Also, because he had spoken of ending his life before, there has been speculation that he had committed suicide or died, probably in the wilderness where Mary's car was discovered and that body has never been found. Or Theory 2. Others disagree and maintain that he most likely survived. It thought that he may have started... A new life under assumed identity. One possibility is that he has been spoken of is that he died after years as a fugitive, but his remains have not been identified. If he did survive, it is thought possibly that he hitchhiked out of the area or had an aid from an accomplice. Sorry about that. My dog just coughed real bad. He's got allergies. It's Okay, bud. Or theory three, there's a theory that Robert may have used his survival skills to continue living in the wilderness near Payson, Arizona, where Robert's wife's car was discovered. However, police and survival experts are skeptical due to the difficulty of finding food and shelter in that environment and the fact that no evidence has ever emerged of someone living in the woods in that area. He could be living in a small town where he gets paid cash and works as a handyman, said Detective John Heinzelman. or he could be living in a big U.S. city in London. It is postulated that Robert may have crossed the southern U.S. border. A hostile encounter occurred in Guatemala in 2009 between tourists and a man said to resemble Robert. Robert's disappearance took place before the September 11 attacks. So, with border security being laxer than it would later become, police have considered a reasonable possibility. The police have also speculated that Robert may have started a new family and have cited the fear that he may eventually decide to leave and annihilate that family like he did his original family. As one of their chief reasons for continuing to search for him. So, like I said, this was an episode on Robert William Fisher, a family annihilator who could be dead, could be alive, but he has never um, been brought to justice for the murder of his family, which is which is incredibly sad. So, uh, I thought this case was interesting, as you can see, because he could be dead or could be alive. Who the hell knows? You guys have a great day. Bye.